Good morning. Welcome to today's episode of Coffee with Bobby. Today I'm joined with Loyan Minza. Loyan went from growing up in a low-income housing to owning his own firm on Wall Street. He hacked his way to working for one of the top investment banks in the world, and he currently runs a financial coaching and business strategy firm, and his purpose is to help people become the best version of themselves. He's a son to amazing parents, brother to incredible siblings, and a father of two amazing kids. Welcome to the show, Loyan. How are you doing today? I'm feeling blessed. Uh, thanks, thanks for having me, Bobby. Appreciate it. Wonderful. Yeah, today is a great day. I know we're, we both were chatting a little bit earlier, like it's getting to be winter time. There's snow on the ground where I'm, I'm at. You're expecting snowstorm, but we are ready to hit it and hit the ground running and finish this year off strong. Definitely. Bringing the sunshine. <laughs> exactly. One ray of light at a time. Lynn, you have such an interesting story of how you got into the world of finance. Do you want to tell us a little bit more of that backstory of like where you started from and then where you're at today? Absolutely. You know, I, you know, growing up, I always wanted to uh, help people. Uh, so, you know, when I went to school, I was actually one of the kids when I was going to college where I didn't, I didn't want to go to, to school undecided. So I picked the first thing on the list, accounting, and it just worked out. Uh, so I started my career in accounting. And when I was in accounting, I actually partnered up with a couple of friends and we started this private equity real estate company. Now, at the time, we didn't know what we were doing. We were just operating from the standpoint of we learned something we wanted to share with the community. Fast forward, I said, you know what? I want to do this on a large scale. Uh, so when I looked up and did some research, uh, some of the top uh, Wall Street firms, they were doing it, right? But I didn't okay. go to school for it. I was just doing it on, on the side in addition to my job. Uh, but at the interview, uh, the multiple interviews I went on, I was able to communicate and articulate something specific that no other person that just went to school would know because we were actually doing it firsthand. So uh, I got multiple offers from various uh, Wall Street firms. Uh, I, I chose uh, one of the largest investment banks, uh, Morgan Stanley, uh, and we were off to the races. Uh, now they didn't know uh, that I sort of hacked my way into the situation, but once I was there, because I had the, the insight and I was actually doing it, uh, I was able to contribute uh, tremendously to the growth of, 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 our, of our organization. Uh, so yeah, it, it, was, it was beautiful. And, and, and so I did that for a number of years. I was there in 2008 when the market crashed. Uh, I, I saw a lot, I learned a lot. Uh, and I realized at that point that although the market crashed, a lot of people lost their homes, lost their uh, jobs, what have you in our economy, in, in America, everyone wasn't failing, right? 2009, I received one of the largest bonuses I've ever received. Uh, and I realized that the, the system sort of, it, it, it didn't flow with everybody, right? Some people lost money, but a lot of people still made. So I made that decision at that point that one day I would open up a financial education center on Wall Street, uh, which in, in effect would help people who grew up like me or help individuals who weren't part of the, the 5% or the one percenters really help everyone else tra trans transform their lives. Uh, uh, some of my colleagues laughed when I said I'm gonna open up an office on Wall Street. Uh, fast forward, uh, January of 2015, uh, we opened up a, the first of its kind uh, financial education centers down on Wall Street, about a half a block from the New York Stock Exchange. March 11, 2015 at 1.30 p.m. in the afternoon uh, was the last time I ever had to work for someone else. Uh, and, it's, and it's been a beautiful, beautiful journey ever since. That is incredible. 
Now let's dig into a little bit of this hacking into Wall Street. You know, a lot of people who are in education currently, if you're going to school, you know, you're always trying to think of like ways to network to get that next job, you know? I mean, I did the same thing when I lived in Barcelona and I was finishing up my master's thesis and I was trying to come up with ways, how can I work in Europe? And I ended up sitting at the hotel lobby bar where most of my friends worked and it was next to one of the main convention centers. And I would just talk to people all day long and be like, well, what do you do? Oh, any way I can tie in my life to get a job. So that's very interesting that you sort of like took the, your own initiative of saying, you know, I want to get to this point on Wall Street. What can differentiate me from others? So was this like your own idea or did you guys sort of group effort between your friends? It, it, it was me uh, because uh, my, my other uh, uh, buddies, they, they're, they're more on the real estate side. Uh, so they went, uh, they're still, they were, they were fully entrepreneurs uh, while I actually continued within uh, being employed. Uh, but for me, I, I realized even growing up, right? I grew up, you know, single mom, four kids, uh, New York City, South Bronx projects, right? We didn't have much growing up, but my mother still made it happen. So, you know, being, being able to see that uh, as the youngest of four and seeing a powerful woman make it happen in spite of it all, uh, and you know, she was able to purchase a home and, and helped us get out the projects. Uh, I realized that if she was able to do that, there was no way that I wouldn't be able to, with the support of family and the support of uh, you know close friends, uh, I believe that I can do anything, right? And, and my mother showed me that it's possible. Uh, so even when I was in accounting, I said, okay, I, I just started doing some research. There was a there's a site I don't know if it's still around called Breaking Into Wall Street, where it taught different concepts that people would have to learn on Wall Street. And then I actually interviewed at different uh, staffing agencies, right? And my conversation with them was, who are the top firms on Wall Street? What does someone need to have to be able to work for one of these firms? So I was in essence doing my due diligence. They didn't know, but I was figuring out, they would send me to interviews with companies that I didn't want to work for, but I was mm -hmm. doing it just to learn how to get into the larger firms. And then I would take that information, go apply it, learn these, these items. And then when I came back to certain staff agencies, I would package myself, I adjusted my resume and I packaged myself as someone who knew the information because I did. And then once I finally had a shot at interviewing with, I interviewed with a Blackstone, Morgan Stanley and a couple other firms. By then they were in love because I was fully prepared for the opportunity. So I believe preparation is everything. That's amazing. And like you said, nothing is impossible when you trust that it can happen, when you believe that it can happen. And you're just like, there's nothing going to stop me. I'm going to reverse engineer how to get there and I'm going to get there. So Absolutely. what was the point for you that when you were digging into this, like you want to do it on your own and start working for somebody, what was that turning point like for you? I was just tired of, uh, it's going to sound uh, pretty fun. I don't like people telling me what to do. It, it, it's right. I mean, I, <laughs> I'll listen to right. but I really don't like people telling me what to do. And I got to a place where at my job, uh, I realized that there were certain individuals that were, let's say my manager or supervisor or, or boss, whatever you want to uh, call it, that were providing certain items uh, and given certain direction that wasn't aligned with what I truly wanted to accomplish in my career. 
but I had to listen and be respectful because I was at the job. So I said to myself, what do I need to do to remove myself from this situation? Now, I already I always had that in my mind because the first book I ever read in my life in, in its entirety was after I graduated from college and it was June of uh, the year I graduated from school. It was Rich Dad, Poor Dad, right? So I learned about the cash flow quadrants and I always wanted to get to the business owner investor, right? I knew a job wouldn't do that. Uh, so through the process of me working, it was always to buy my way to freedom. So like that, that was always in my mind. I just knew that I had to be patient enough and, and, and really study uh, and pay attention so that I can create resources, in essence, to buy my way to the, and I'm gonna say freedom, I mean, from the standpoint of being able to uh, create the opportunities and, and own my time. And that essentially is freedom. You know, a lot of people are like, what is freedom and so forth. And when you have that experience, whether it's a taste of it at one point in time, or you, like you said, you just got tired of having somebody tell you what to do. And you're like, man, I can't sit at home and have a longer coffee time. I've actually got to get on the road and make it to the office by nine. I mean, I can totally relate to that where, you know, there's days on events, then you get burned out of it and you're like, I just want to have control of my time again. And you found that and you found out how to figure out how to get there. And I want to dig into like your brain a little bit because I already see this mindset of from when you hacked your way into Wall Street while you were in college to then you see it as, okay, well, now I'm sick of this. How am I going to get to that next level? you know, and you break down the building blocks. If somebody is out there right now listening, like, how do I wrap my head around this to reverse engineer? Do you know how, I guess, have you ever looked at how your mind works in that aspect of like breaking down those barriers? I thought, interestingly enough, I, and that's a great question. I started doing that more this year, right? Uh, because this year is a great year of, uh, being still and, and really uh, observing life and, 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 and figuring things out. Uh, so for me, uh, I would always, all right, so my mom never told me I couldn't do something, right? It was always, uh, she, she taught me many principles, but two things that stood out. Uh, one was to surround yourself around people smarter than you, right? And second was to treat people how you wanted to be treated, right? So those two things stuck with me. So I knew I didn't know everything but I knew there was people out there that knew more than me. Mm -hmm. So if I wanted to, so say for instance, I, so I wanted to be on Wall Street. So what do I need to do? I need to figure out who's there, figure out how to get access to them. So it was all about access, right? So that site, I, I, I just kept Googling and I came across the site breaking into Wall Street. And then I went to the, the different individuals who interview for these roles and said, what do I need to do to get there? Right, and they thought I was, and, two particular individuals, they thought I was insane because my background from college technically wasn't to work in investment banking. Okay. But I knew it, it didn't matter what they thought. I just needed the information and I would be able to do the work, right? So once I figure out, okay, this is my, I want to get here. Then I said, okay, if I want to get to, let's say Z, and I know I'm starting from A, what are the steps? So then I start to reach out to people who knew more than, than I did. And then through the journey, I, I always, I, I told, so I told myself through the process 
that regardless of what happens, as long as I stick to the goal and I just keep uh, pushing forward, eventually I would make it, right? But I had to show up as myself through the process though. And, and, and that, that was the key, stay authentic to, to me and know that my superpower was how I was raised. My superpower was the fact that I grew up in low-income housing. This, my superpower was the fact that I didn't have the same upbringing as uh, the other individuals that may have been there, but I didn't see that as uh, holding me back. I saw it as a superpower because I can come from a, a different angle. And then through that, it, it allowed me to, to just step into any room and just be comfortable enough to have a conversation because uh, you know, growing up, uh, one, one thing that, uh, growing up in urban city, you learn, learn a lot, uh, but one thing that uh, stood with me was uh, everyone bleeds the same. Mm -hmm. right? Meaning everyone is a human, right? Regardless of where someone is in their career or how much wealth they have, they're still a human being. So never be intimidated to have a conversation with someone or believe that you're, you can be someone's peer because we're all human beings. And I just took that and, and ran with it. And now I can fly with it, you know? And, it, and it's oh, fun. for sure. I mean, like you, with this knowledge that you have from growing up and putting it into every aspect of life, you can literally connect with anybody. And what I always say too, is like, you know, I can talk to CEOs, I can talk to professional musicians. I don't care how many followers you have. I don't care what your background is, VCs, you name it. And I always ask because what's the worst that somebody can tell me? Yep. No, you know, like if they tell me no, okay, well, I'll just go knock on somebody else's door. And, you know, that's the same mentality of, you know, we all bleed the same, we're all humans, you know, whether you're a CEO of a large investment banking firm or you have millions of dollars or you have nothing, like we're all still people. We can all still sit at the same table and have a conversation. And I am so glad that you've found that to be your superpower. And you also mentioned being authentic to your true self. Now, when you were in it on Wall Street in the investment banking firm, not working for yourself, did you have a hard time staying true to your authentic self during that period? Of when you're, I don't know if you went through a period where you had to like try to fit in to the Wall Street mentality, or was that just pure knowledge and then you could still be yourself? It was a, a, a blend of both. Uh, initially, it was a culture shock because I, I couldn't fathom walking down the hall and not saying hello to someone or at least giving them a head nod in, in the, one of the offices that I worked out of. That was commonplace and it was weird to me. So initially, I was like, okay, that, that's just how it is. And then I shifted and I was like, man, that's how they, some of them are, everyone was like that. But I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna smile, I'm gonna laugh, I'm gonna always bring my energy, right? Because the, mm -hmm. the, the key is to be uh, the thermostat, not the thermometer, right? Like you wanna come into a room and change the temperature, not just adjust your temperature to where the room is, right? So I was, I was that person. In every job I ever had, I was that person, right? Because I had to be me how I got to any job, how I, how I landed any role, how I stepped into any interview, 
if I'm not me, who are they buying, right? And now granted, as, the time, as years go on, you learn more about who you really are, right? I'm still learning how to love myself, right? It's, but the, the journey is beautiful. And the more I learn about me, the more I allow the world to really understand who I am. And it's okay if someone doesn't want to understand, I don't have to be at that job. And then once you create your own, then it's, you could be you forever. Oh, I love that how you said that you want to change the temperature of the room and having that energy and bringing it when you realize that, you know, when you're a person who is upbeat and smiling and happy and want to have that connection, when you're at that higher energy level and everybody else is sort of humdrum, I'm going to stick to my phone. I'm not going to look up from it. I'm just going to be in this one lane mentality it's sort of like they're at a lower energy level and you're like do I lower myself or no and when you what I see is like when you start to lower yourself and then you turn into like what am I doing like this isn't me this isn't happy I need to bring go back to my higher energy state absolutely and it and allows you to just when you operate from that place uh it's tough to be drained because you're just flowing with this, just, just, just love, right? I, I, I say like I love energy. You're just flowing from a state where it's like, hey, I'm, I'm going to be mean. It's not about being rude. It's not about uh, being aggressive. Any, any of those areas. It's really more so just, just about if, if your authentic self is a, is, is, is warm, is, is loving, is caring. Uh, you want to light up a room. With this, that's healthy. People may not see it initially but they'll feel it eventually. Most definitely. Like they may be resistant to that, but they, the more that they are around you, the more that they will feel it. 100% agree with you on that. So what was, when you hit this turning point of starting your own business, let's dive into this a little bit. Were you wanting to get completely out of investment banking? and into financial education. What did that look like? And what does it look like now for you? Definitely, so it's interesting because my, my entire career in terms of what I do for work, uh, it, was it, it wasn't, granted it was designed by the great architect God, right? But it, it wasn't like in high school, I said I wanted to do what I do now, right? Even right. how I chose my college uh, uh, program, it was the first thing on the list. And I was like, oh, I, math is cool and I like money. So accounting makes sense. So throughout the journey, it was, I was just operating in flow. I didn't know what flow was at the time, but once I caught it, I was just operating in flow. So what I, what I did know as a, as, as a young child, I, I wanted to help people that I knew that was definitive. I saw how my mother did it. I wanted to help people. I didn't know how I wanted to do it, but I knew for sure I wanted to help people. And then when I realized just, just in paying attention that the more resources someone had, finances, and the more awareness surrounding money they had, it would help their life, enhance their life. Money is just a tool. It doesn't make you happy. It doesn't make, it's just a tool. So if I was able to help people understand how to utilize the tool, understand how, how to have more tools in their tool belt, I believe I'll be able to make my impact in the world and, and really operate for my purpose. So... Uh, my previous firm taught me uh, how to manage large sums of money 
and, and, and understand how the super wealthy, not just the what, but the super wealthy thought and operating how they accumulated their resources. So, but I wanted to touch everyday folk. So in order to do that, I have to operate from a standpoint of financial education. And I knew that. Uh, so even when I was transitioning from uh, Morgan Stanley, I, I was studying different companies just to see where I can uh, leverage uh, the other resources because I was always big on leveraging other resources. Uh, so I came across a platform that just allowed me to be able to not just start from scratch, but leverage resources and access to some of the top financial companies in the world and be able to do it the way that I wanted to do it from a standpoint of uh, education, uh, awareness, love, and through that process allowed individuals to be empowered to make the, the proper financial uh, decisions, right? And these are individuals, families, I work with businesses, I even work with large companies, uh, but I can touch everyone because when it comes to resources, money, wealth, finances, it affects everyone. Definitely. And as we all know, especially during this time period, you know, we all have this idea of money. And I know a lot of people, not personally me, because like growing up, my mom was in financial banking as well. And it was just like an everyday subject, like, here's your finances, this is what you got to do, we'll talk investment, you know, things like that are everyday kitchen dinner conversations that we had that a lot of people don't have. But I know that money and finances are one of these taboo topics where, you know, it's in the back of my mind, don't make me open online baking. I don't care what I have in there as long as the bills get paid. How do you sort of transition the mindset for people to, you know, money is a tool and not this fear-based thought in the background? Definitely. Uh, so uh, we, we've uh, employed the approach of uh, helping people understand their, their relationship to money, right? And, and, and that's the piece, right? The relationship to money, right? So uh, if you think about any interpersonal relationship someone has with a significant other, with a friend, with a parent, with a sibling, uh, if you treat them the same way that you just spoke about money, that person, how would they feel? They wouldn't feel so good, right? They'll feel like they're being ostracized or pushed away or what have you. Money feels the same way, right? You have a relationship with money, right? And, and most times people don't think about it that way, but money gets jealous, right? If, <laughs> if, if, if you don't treat money how, how it's supposed to be treated, it's going to go to someone else, right? So, uh, so we like to have fun with it, right? We, we like to allow individuals to take the pressure away from thinking that money is this thing that I cannot have or I, I don't understand and, 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 and making it more personal, right? It's like, hey, you have this relationship to money. How does money feel about you? How do you feel about money? And when we start there, people are like, okay, they can, they can grasp that concept. And then when you understand that their relationship to money, then we speak about their money story. Uh, you mentioned uh, you guys would have conversations surrounding money at the dinner table, right? Some people have that, others don't, but understanding their money story, uh, being raised, how was money spoken about was uh, this individual say, hey, money's the root of all evil. Like, how was that communicated? And based on that money story, we approach the individual or that family from that perspective and then guide them from that process of understanding where they are and how they think about money and their relationship to money. And then from that place, be able to build. And when we do it that way, we've seen tremendous results because we're not speaking about, hey, 
invest your money here, do this, do that. Because most people are like, whoa, 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 whoa. I, I, I even, like, <laughs> and you realize that it was because of previous financial traumas, right? That may have affect how they receive or understand money. And because of that, they've been pushing money, currency, energy away from them for all these years. And it's a huge psychology shift. So you're not only doing like financial education on how money is a tool, but you are doing this psychological shift on how you see money and how to get you from a place of, you know, fully pushed to the side to a place of, oh, this is a tool. It can, we can have the energy of abundance, if you may, and allow more of it into my life instead of going into somebody else's wallet, like you just mentioned. Yeah, because and, I mean, ultimately, and it can still go into someone else's wallet, but the beautiful thing is, if you operate from abundance, you realize that in America, they, money's printed, right? It's a piece of paper, it's printed, right? As long as trees are around, they can still print money. And even if, I mean, we need trees, but they can use another form to print. So it's, when you see it, it's an, it's an abundance. And then it, there's, most of it is digital anyway, right? When you go to your bank account, you just see digitally some numbers, right? So yep. once you operate from that, it, it's there, right? But money likes to be treated, right? It likes to be wine and dine, right? The, the, whole, <laughs> the, the, the whole thing. So you just want to make sure you don't treat money bad because if, if, if you treat money good, money will treat you good, right? And you just realize that it, it, there's so much of it out there. And even if it's not enough, some people print more money. So because of that, there's resources there and just become resourceful, uh, learn, apply. Uh, don't, 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 don't be afraid of not knowing, right? It's okay to not know uh, because before we knew anything we know now, we didn't know it before. So if you just operate from that place, eventually you'll, you'll get it. Exactly. And you don't have to know everything in advance. Yep. And when you realize that you come from a place of like, okay, it's okay for me to say, I don't know. And let's learn it together. Let's bring it to the table. And you mentioned it a little bit, and I want to touch on this topic of money and happiness. A lot of times we look at people who have millions of dollars. And if you haven't hung out with millionaires, you would think on the surface, because if they're buying luxury items and so forth, mentally they are happy. And let's sort of dive into this because I've seen it. I've hung out with millionaires. I've, you know, I've seen people with private planes and still lack some of those family relationships that, you know, we value as so important. And you can see on their face, like, they have all these material items, but happiness isn't truly there. Yeah, it's the same thing that you bring that up because uh, even when I hear the word happiness, right? See, I, I see happiness and joy differently, right? Happiness, happy, uh, is in the moment, right? Joy is something that's sustaining, right? So uh, I believe that most people, they don't realize it until they do realize it, that what we're really searching for is peace of mind, right? Uh, that's really what we're searching for. So regardless of how much money someone has, you have people in certain countries that if certain first world countries looked at the individual like, man, that person is broke, right? But they have, they have joy, right? They have happiness, they have peace of mind, right? And then you have individuals, as you mentioned, who have millions, possibly, possibly even billions of dollars and 
they're unhappy, right? So you realize that money is not the thing that's gonna make you happy or not, or, or joyful or even have peace of mind. Money is just a tool, right? Uh, peace of mind comes from, is an internal thing, right? So even in your quest to build resources, earn more money, make more money, have a great lifestyle, none of that is bad. But your ultimate goal can be, should be, it'll help to be peace of mind. And when you figure out what brings you peace of mind, uh, when it comes, as I say, children, uh, family, friends, uh, relationships, community, what acts of service, whatever brings you peace of mind, you focus on obtaining that, right? And if resources, money, wealth will help you or enhance it or speed up the process, you use it as a, a tool, right? If you buy a gift for somebody, a physical gift, eventually, even we have phones, we have technology, eventually it gets outdated. But if you pay for an experience, you take your family somewhere, you go somewhere, those memories uh, last forever, right? We, we're through life, everything is about memories, right? And that's why social media, it reminds us of the memories, not of the things, not of the money, but the memories. So that's really at the, at the core of it what I believe most people are really searching for or seeking and money can help you get it or it can help allow it to happen sooner, faster, or in a way that is more comfortable, but money is not the thing. It's not. I love this so much, Lauren, because over the summer I sat down with my journal and I was like, yeah, everybody's talking about being happy, being happy. And then I was like, no, but it really is joy. And what is the difference in breaking it down? But you know what never came to my mind was peace of mind. And that was the thing that I was missing. It was, I saw that joy was a longer term. I saw that it was a higher energy state. You know, it's something that you feel peaceful when you have it and you have that inner peace. But I it never occurred to me, peace of mind, even when I was researching it. And I was like diving into this for hours. So thank you for that. It truly is peace of mind when you reach this joyous state and you have to see what brings you that peace of mind, like you said. And that is so, so key, whether you feel unhappy at a current position, of work, unhappy with life, you know, sit down. A lot of us don't want to do that inner work of, you know, sitting down, praying, meditating, being quiet, turning off the phone, turning off social media for heaven forbid an hour or even like 15 minutes at first, just to sit down and do that inner work of like, what do you truly want to do? What brings you that peace of mind? And I think if we all did that, you know, we'd be at a much better place and there'd be a lot less conflict going on. Absolutely. And, and, and it's interesting you mentioned June of this year, uh, because this year for me, uh, I learned a lot about myself, right? Even the dynamic of what I truly want and that, uh, came to me and landed this year, right? Peace of mind. Like, what, what, what am I really uh, searching for? What do I, what do I really want to uh, uh, accomplish or have? 
or obtain. And it was doing the inner work, right? Uh, this year was the first time I actually uh, sat and because I, I, I pray, I, you know, I, I've, I've done meditation, but sat in silence, right? And it's the weirdest thing until you realize it's the most peaceful thing, right? You sit in silence and your mind still races and then eventually like, man, why am I thinking about this stuff? And then eventually it goes away and then the things that are supposed to be there land with you. And you're like, man, okay, that's where I wanna be. What, what, one of my, uh, I, I plan on uh, traveling to Bali, right? Like that's like uh -huh. my, my vision, right? But I, I, I tell people I've already visited Bali, right? Okay. I've been there physically, but I've, I've already visited Bali. And once I, and, and for some people like me, what, what is he talking about, right? It, it's uh, because I've, Similar to everything else I've ever done, my I've, I've visioned it first, right? So, mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I watched uh, some on an Instagram. I watched some things about uh, Bali. I've paid attention, and then I, when I got into my place of stillness and and the silent time, I felt how I would feel being there, and that experience it came to me, right? So when I go there, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna be there. I'm like, man, this is familiar. Uh, so, and this goes back to an earlier question that you asked about uh, how did I reverse engineer? I'm starting to realize that a lot of throughout my life, before I, I made it to a certain level, I felt how I would feel when I would be there. And that sort of, so technically, if I felt how I would feel if I would be there, in essence, I was there. And I just had to go through the steps to be able to realize it uh, in true self, in, in the physical state, or what have you. And I've learned a lot about that, about myself, about life. I reflected upon a, a lot of uh, ups and downs I had in my life this year. Uh, uh, I've, I, didn't re I, don't, I don't regret anything that I've ever done in the past. I just reflect upon it, realize that all of it was a learning lesson, embrace it, enjoy it, laugh about certain things that were <laughs> certain stupid mistakes <laughs> I made. And I just uh, show up saying that, hey, as long as today, right now, in this present moment, I'm the best version of me. And I know that the best version of me right now will be the worst version of me tomorrow because of the fact that tomorrow I'm going to be better than I am today. I can just uh, I can just sit in that and, and be grateful that I'm not who I used to be. Uh, but uh, the journey to get me to where I'm supposed to be is fun. And I just embrace that. I absolutely love this. And I resonate so much with it. Some of the other people listening may be like, who are you crazy people? What are you on? What's in your coffee today? Um, there is nothing. My coffee is black right now. Um, That's but, the best way to drink coffee, by the way, people. Yeah, saying, except just, just sometimes I mix it up and I'll do a little bit of steamed coconut milk extra mm. foam. And it gives that. you a little sweetness in there, but no added sugar. Um, but this is seriously a way to live like we're not taking any crazy drugs here guys um you mentioned it with envisioning the experience before you have it uh. and this goes beyond a lot of us even to vision boards and dream boards of what we want and what we foresee for a future and if somebody's listening to this and going i have never done a dream vision board before stop right now pause this <laughs> go grab a sheet of paper and go write down some of the things you're dreaming about because i can guarantee you the moment you write it down and get quiet with yourself and figure out what you truly want 
the sooner it will appear in your life. But you also put another layer into this and it's the layer of feeling and feeling the experience. Do you remember when that shift occurred for you for when, like when you had to realize that you needed to feel what that experience would be like instead of just simply writing it down? February of this year, the end of February. Uh, the, uh, my family and I, we traveled to uh, uh, West Africa, Ghana to, to visit my mom. And uh, when I came back, uh, because I, over the last five years has been a, an interesting journey uh, to say the least. I realized at the point when we touched down, we got back to America, I got back to the States, the week after I said to myself, uh, there's five areas of my life that I'm gonna make sure I focus on and elevate in this moment. And this was before uh, quarantine, I told my, it was, it, was, it was vital. So it was physical, emotional, spiritual, financial, and mental. Right? Those five areas I had to elevate on a daily basis and make sure every day I touch it in some way, shape, or form. So when I told myself this, I actually took a second and visualized how I would feel with all these five areas at, 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 a, at the best capacity it can be in my, in my life. Right, and I was overcome with joy. Right, uh, I, I it, it, like I felt it. I was like, man, I need that. Right, and then from that place, uh, I started, you know, working out more. Right, I, I, I released over fifty pounds this year. Released, not I didn't lose because because weight is energy, right? So I released it because somebody in the world needed that, needed it. Right, mm -hmm. so I released it to give it because it's abundance. Right, I released it. Right, uh, mentally. Uh, had clarity uh, spiritually. I've, I've elevated emotionally. I, you know, I've, 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 I've learned more about masculine versus feminine energy and understanding that we all need both and we all need to operate with both. And then financially, it's been a, a very lucrative year, right? So uh, from that standpoint, and then every day that it went that went on, I got better and better. And then once quarantine hit, for me, I was like, man, okay, this is this is what I needed to really dig in. And, and become better. So I, I, I like the, my, my entire space uh, in terms of I added more plant life. I added uh, instance everything to make my environment better. Uh, and then fast forward, uh, we are where we are today, uh, having this conversation. And it was all based on uh, awareness, right? Uh, starting to listen uh, to God, like what's happening spiritually. Uh, starting to understand that everything that. I've endured to, to this place. So in February, everything I've endured previous to February of this year, it wasn't to put me down. It wasn't to defeat me. It was to actually elevate me if I would, if I pay attention. And then from that place, I used it as the energy. It's like a rocket ship, right? I used that all that as energy to take off. And uh, now we've landed to to this day in this moment in this conversation uh, to be able to flow. I absolutely love this. And coming to a place where you see and you can remember that exact moment of when things started to change for you. Like I can so relate. And, you know, when quarantine started here, my boyfriend and I were in Indianapolis, we're like getting ready to go on a seven month work project, like travel nonstop for seven months. And going into it with, before I signed the contracts, and this was like 
two weeks before mm-hmm. quarantine hit and COVID hit, I was like, I guess like we have to have money, don't we? But on the inside, I was like, oh geez, like I I don't know if I can physically handle and or I guess more mentally handle it. Like I can physically handle the suitcase moving. I've done it for years. But mentally, I was in this new place of, you know, I'm ready for something new. I'm ready to find that inner peace. And what does that actually mean? And when you have the time to like sit down and relax, when everybody was like, oh, contracts are on hold. I'm over here in my corner with my journal going, oh, this is a sign. Like, let's, let's take this time. Let's use it. Let's figure out what life has in store for this year. And it's not one where we have to be in this mindset that everything has gone wrong. And like you said, everything in the past has happened for a reason, whether it's good or bad. And it's that experience is meant to elevate you to something else. And we are at this place where we're at having this conversation and the world and God has an interesting way of putting people together. And I've connected these dots so many times. And I love when it just like comes to mind. I just posted a video too of uh, here on Facebook of Hindi's coffee that I'm actually going to be having a coffee chat with on Friday. And we were sitting at home talking about coffee bean plantations. And I was like, oh man, I wish I would have done it when I was in Oaxaca, Mexico, but I didn't have the chance. You know what type of coffee beans arrived? Mm. Oaxacan coffee beans. (laughs) And I was like, you know, this is meant to be. And like having these moments where you're just like, you just smile and awe and you're grateful. And you know that all of these experiences lead up to a place that can elevate you to that next level. And I feel it's so incredible, one, that you have found this. And if you, I encourage you to look back to a little bit and not focus on where you've been, but just since February, since you took this place and then to where you are at today as we get ready to wrap up this year of like how much has shifted in your life and transitioned to a place that is so much better that you probably would have never gotten to had we not had this extra time. Absolutely. It's, (laughs) even a lot of, and and I know, a lot of individuals had you know challenges this year. Uh, you know, rest in peace to individuals that had family members who, unfortunately, uh, uh, succumbed to COVID or, or or any illness for that matter. Uh, for me, I needed to sit my butt down, right? I I, I really did. I, I I was doing too much. I I was I wasn't appreciating or being present in the moments of my life, and I wasn't I was unaware of it. I was just going right uh and to the to others outside of me it's like man you know he's energetic he's which all of it is it's not bad but this period of time allowed me to become see i was just a participant in my life before february now i'm the observer 
in the story. So now I actually can see life in slow motion and pay attention to what's going on versus just being one of the characters in the story. And just living that hamster wheel life of, you know, life is going and I'm part of it. I getting to this place is so life-changing and I encourage everyone who is listening to this to find this place and take that time. Like we said at the beginning, take the time to sit down and do that inner work. You never know what it's going to bring into your life and so much joy and so much peace that comes with it. Lauren, what's been one of the biggest blessings of this year? You may have already touched on it, uh, finding that peace, or is it something else? Being present to pay attention to my kids, right? Uh, I have a, a beautiful eight-year-old king and a two-year-old queen, uh, and uh, they're, they're, they're tremendous. They're, they're uh, everything to me. And prior to this year, uh, although I was, I was in their lives, I wasn't always present. I was physically there, but I wasn't present. I didn't even know at the time what that even meant, right? But uh, every time they're around me and I just look at the little things and I'm, I'm, I'm so uh, just grateful for the, the little things, even when my, when my daughter smiles or she, she adjusts uh, her, her disposition in terms of how she's looking or my son does something quirky or funny, uh, both of them are brilliant. Uh, they're warm, they're loving, they're caring, but me being able to pay attention to the, to, to the little things. Not even uh, the, the, the large things, because that's, that's always there, but pay attention to the little things. It allowed me to just appreciate being a dad, appreciate me being a father, and, and, and just, just loving that part of, of my life, which uh, prior to this year, although obviously they were both in my life, I didn't know how to really not just look at the flower, but smell the flower and hear the flower and feel the flower and, and I've seen in, in this case the flower uh the flowers are my, my my kids yeah that is incredible and what just popped into my mind is the verse and I believe it's in Matthew where it's like God knows every detail about you down to the hairs on your head and you in your own way have found that with your kids of learning and watching them and watching those small details. And it's not just like, for instance, if they're playing football outside, like, you know, oh, they're playing football. You know the stats, you know when the hit occurred, you know the fine details in those moments. And that is so precious. I I love it. I am like so full, full of like warm, loving energy right now. It's incredible. As we begin to wrap up, Loyan, um, where can we find more information about you, more information about your financial courses and resources? Uh, great question. So, uh, and I must say, uh, Bobby, even before, it's it's been such an honor and privilege to be able to even uh, be in this space and share the space with you to be able to uh, co-create this conversation. Uh, I don't. I don't take this lightly uh, at, at all, uh, and uh, thank you for this opportunity to even to be able to share, to to laugh, to to just to just just be present uh, with you in this space. Uh, so I, I I genuinely appreciate that. 
uh, as it pertains to uh, where individuals can find me, uh, social media. So Instagram, at Loyan Mensa, L-O-Y-A-N-M-E-N-S-A-H, the same on Facebook and, 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 and LinkedIn. Uh, and if anyone uh, direct messages me or sends me a message or what have you, uh, what I can do is send them some, some resources. We've created, uh, this year we've created a, a financial literacy certificate program and it's for anyone uh, from 18 to, to 90, right? Or 18 to 100 where individuals who have a background in finance, don't have a background in finance, wanna learn about money, uh, wanna have a better relationship with money, whatever it is, uh, it's a six week program uh, where we're, we're breaking down everything you can think of and then some, right? And then we've also created, because everything is virtual now, uh, we've, we've created a, a, a virtual uh, financial professional uh, program, right? Where, uh, and we're teaching it from the space of financial education and that financial love and, and the relationships, like the, which I was speaking about earlier, where we can take anyone from 18 to 90 or 18 to 100. Mm -hmm. And we can literally, regardless of what state they are in, uh, if they're in the States, uh, help them get licensed, credentialed, and really have a better understanding of how to surround um, the, uh, themselves around money. Because a lot of people either lost their job this year, got right size, downsized, furloughed. Uh, so we're giving them opportunity, even individuals who are stay-at-home moms or whatever it is, where they can literally be home and be able to get into the financial industry, hack their way into the financial industry, as I did, but we've created a simpler system of how they can be able to do that. And within, literally within 12 weeks, they'll get licensed, credentialed, and have a high level of financial knowledge and intelligence to be able to uh, create resources financially for themselves and help other people in the journey. And then, because uh, a lot of times people think in order to be in finance, you have to be great in math. It's far from the truth. In order to be in finance, you have to be great with money. That's far from the truth. The, the worse you are with the money, the better you'll be in finance. Because if you think about it, someone who was previously an alcoholic uh, can help someone get out of uh, that space, right? So if, if you're someone who financially was not in the best place, uh, and once you learn it, you'll have more passion to be able to help uh, someone else uh, elevate from there. So, I mean, we, we've, we're just having fun, right? And this year, we've created simple solutions to help people uh, transition, all right? Or just reach out and just say hello, right? And, and, and let, let this... Let's share stories and connect because uh, at the end of the day, that's uh, when it comes to being human beings, that's really uh, what we want to do anyway, right? Connect and, and ultimately have peace of mind. Exactly. So if you guys want more information on these financial courses and getting certified, go send Loyan Mensa a message on Instagram. I'll include all the links as well in show notes here on the podcast, um, as well as wherever you see this posted, there will be all the links in the comments for you guys to go connect with Loyan. Loyan, thank you so much for joining me on Coffee with Bobby today. I'm so glad we connected and like diving deep into the flow. I love it. And like you said, having the connections in life with people are so key. And that is the reason why I started this because I honestly missed it. And I am so full of joy of everybody who comes on the show and who I connect with. So thank you, Loyan, for being on today. For everybody who's watching, I hope you have an amazing day. I encourage you to do something that brings you joy and find that inner peace today. Take care, guys. And that has been today's episode of Coffee with Bobby with Loyan Mensa. Thank you.